Hallelujah. We need him. And every day that we live, we need him just that much more. And in fact, that's one of the truths of life. If you realize that early and you remember that every day, you're a much happier and more successful person that you need him more than you need you. We fail every day probably. And so we need to know where our, our help comes from and it's in the Lord. We're going to look all the way back at the beginning today. We're going to look at, well, not the, all the way to the beginning, but Genesis. We're going to look at a verse in 37, and then we're going to jump to 39. We're going to be talking about Joseph today, and we're going to be looking. How many, we've, we've talked about this other times. How many faces trials every once in a while? You ever have any troubles? If you of you didn't raise your hand, talk to me after service. I need some help. If you've got that figured out, I need to preach whatever that is next week. But we're going to face troubles, and Joseph found that out the hard way. But sometimes, and we're going to see, God gives us a glimpse of where he's taking us. We get a glimpse of it, and we get encouraged, and we're excited about the good things that God's wanting to do in our life. But the enemy, he sees what God's doing too, and he's going to do everything he can keep you from ever getting to where God wants you to be. But if you just hang on, just hang on. So today we're going to look at a, the title of Facing Trials on the road to God's blessing. Facing trials on the road to God's blessing. If you've got Genesis 37, we're going to look at one verse in that chapter in verse 5, and then we're going to jump all the way to 39 and start reading the first six verses there. So if you've got that there, we're going to read verse 5. If you want to stand, it says, And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. Have you ever had someone you thought would be just right in there with you, what God's doing in your life, and they don't seem to support you? It, that can be the biggest obstacle you have. Then chapter 39, verse 1 through 6, we fast forward in his life, and it says in verse 1, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight and served him, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house. And all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he made him overseer in his house... And over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And verse 6 says, And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that God, you have a purpose and you've got a plan, Lord. You want to bless your children. And, and God, sometimes we know that you put your hand upon us and you've got to, you want to do great things in our life, Lord, but we face trials and troubles. God, not as deep as this probably, Lord, but there's things that we face on our daily life. We don't understand what we're going through. We don't understand what we're facing, God, but if we'll just hang on, 
Lord, you'll take us through to the other side and give us great victory. And we'll be able to see, Lord, the mighty things that you want to do. Lord, I don't know who's in the midst this morning. I don't know what all they're facing, but you do. And God, I want you to move and speak and give deliverance and victory, Lord, in the altar today. In the name of Jesus, we pray and thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. You can be seated. Facing trials on the road to God's blessing. American pastor and author James Brooks told a story of going to a friend's house. And when he came to the friend's house, he heard a sound and he was didn't really understand what it was. It was a, it was a sound of a, a bird uh, singing, whistling. And it wasn't like a normal bird. But it was a beautiful tune perfectly being sung out by the bird. He got looking around and he finally saw and found a bullfinch sitting in a birdcage. And it was just perfectly over and over. He didn't tell the name of the song, but it was just a beautiful melody, note for note, perfect. And he was inquiring, how in the world did you teach this bird to be able to do this? The lady of the house says, the only way we was able to do that is we taught it at night when it was dark. And we taught it at night when there was no distraction. Nothing else could get its attention. And the master would play, the teacher would play one note at a time over and over again until that bird focused on that tune so much that it memorized it note for note. And they said the only way that was able to happen is it had to be taught in the night when nothing could get its attention. In our life, sometimes we go through obstacles and trials and problems. And we don't understand why we're going through that. But sometimes the Lord teaches us the greatest lessons when we got our complete attention on Him. So many times when things are going great, we got our, our attention on all the good things that lies before us, all the prosperous things that God's given us, and we're excited about it. But we can sometimes take our eyes off the master, and it's only sometimes during those. And I know in my life I hate that, that I'm that way. But I can tell you as I'm going through the struggle, boy, I got my attention only one place because I know the only place it can get help, my help comes from where? The Lord. And so that's the, the analogy that we can take from that. we got to get our focus on Him, and sometimes the Lord is working. That doesn't mean that, he, that He's making a mistake or that He's trying to, to hurt you or whatever, but sometimes He lets us go through these things so we can get our attention. On Joseph's life, we see him as a 17-year-old boy. And he's well favored by his father. He's the, he is the, the son of his youth. I mean, he just loves Joseph. And, he, and we know that he made him a code of, made him some major parental mistakes. Uh, that when he made, you can't make a difference in your kids. If you, you know that. You can't make a difference in your kids. But he did. And it made his brothers hate him because he gave him this beautiful coat that the rest of them, the older ones that was out working in the field, they didn't get a coat like that. And so they hated him. And what really burned him up is he started having dreams. Well, these dreams were not just, sometimes we have dreams because we eat pizza late at night. But that wasn't the case. Sometimes God gives us a vision of where he's taking us. We don't understand it. In fact, these dreams, sometimes we can just tell God's speaking something to us. And sometimes that God is letting us know where we're going. I hope all dreams aren't true. Let me tell you, it made me get here extra early this morning. My dream last night, I was tore up. I dreamed I was actually preaching at First Pentecostal Church for some reason. A brother, I was preaching, and I got up to preach, 
I couldn't find, nothing was happening. I couldn't find my text. I couldn't get my Bible. I couldn't remember even where I was preaching from. I couldn't get my, I couldn't remember my song. I was just standing there and it was a mess. I was like, I was like the, uh, who was the one that says, uh, you're unprepared. That's who I felt like I was. George Mueller, does God say anything to you? Yes, he is. He said, George Mueller, you're not prepared. Well, I felt like James. I woke up. He woke me up. I said, tore up. I thought, oh my goodness, how have I got in a spot? And I got here this morning early saying, Lord, please don't let that be what happens to me this morning. I get up and I don't have a thing. But sometimes dreams hopefully don't mean something. But then sometimes God is giving, you know, there's been times in my life I knew God was saying something to me. I knew there was just little moments when God just touches you and you can tell that God's putting a hope in your heart and God's saying, I want to use you and I want to do some things in your life. And, and to me, it's, it's, it's a scary thing. It's a very, to me, I always took them very serious because it was exciting, but it was very heavy because I knew that there was some things that God was going to have to do to get me to where, but I didn't know how he would, you don't, you see where God, he touches you, and you know you're going to be doing something out here, and you don't know how you're going to get from point A to B, but God does. He gave him an insight with this dream, and what's so sad is the very people that you think would support you sometimes, that family or those closest friends or those people that you thought, you can go share your dream with them. God's working in my life, and God's speaking in me, and you would think that they would be the ones that would support you the most, and so Sometimes they're the very ones the enemy can use to discourage you. Because as soon as you have, God puts something in your heart and life. You, you, you may be going through something and saying, God, I know this is not what you, I know you put, I know you were working in my life. I know you got a plan for my life. But Lord, it seems like I'm shipwrecked. It seems like every time I turn around and I try to move toward you, something happens. The Lord is saying, you just hang on because if you'll hang on, I'm taking you there. See, God stands back and God knows every direction. We're going to look at his story and you're going to see every single problem. If you look at them by themselves, it looks like a catastrophe. But when you stand from the other side, it's a beautiful thing. When you stand, and even in my life, there's some things that I can stand at the far end of something that's happened to me and I can start looking back and I can start connecting the dots and I can see every single problem that I went through, God was right there leading and guiding to get me exactly where he needed me to be. Even the problems is God's way of getting us exactly in his plan the way he wants us to and he's faithful to us in those things. So when we need to realize that what God is saying to us in these situations is hang on because I'm going to take you through. We also need to know the enemy's reaction is going to be I'm going to try to sidetrack you. If he can see the hand of God in your life, he's seen something special about Joseph. He knew. There's something special about that young man. And so he was doing everything. In fact, what did he try to do? He tried to kill him. He, he, Joseph had his dream, and he told his brothers. And then he had a, another dream, and he even aggravated his father. But if you read it, I haven't got time to read that. But he, even when it says his father rebuked him because he said, the sun and the moon, the star, you know, they all bowed to me. And his father says, you mean even, you, you think I'm going to bow to you too? But then it says, but his father, and I can't remember the exact words, but it's like his father, like Mary did, kept him kept this saying in her heart. He kept contemplating. He kept thinking, you know what? God may have his hand on this young man's life. He didn't understand what was going on. But we see that all of a sudden when God puts his hand on your life, get ready because the enemy's coming. He's going to try to sidetrack you. And so where do we find Joseph at? Very quickly, we find him in the pit. We find him in the pit. It's like his dreams has come to an end. His brothers want to kill him. That's what the devil wants. What does he want to do? Kill, steal, destroy what he wants to do. And so we see that God's hand was up on this young man and the devil wanted to kill him. 
But God, let me tell you something. What you're going to see when you get to the other end, you look back at that pit, you're going to see that that was God's hand of protection around him. He kept him away from his brothers. It was a holding area so that these Ishmaelites could come through and pick him up and they would sell him into his hand. Hey, was that a mistake? Wow, he's going to another far country. No, he's going exactly where God's destiny for him is. God's got a plan for him. He's got to get him from here to Egypt. And the only way to do that is he puts him in a pit which gets his eyes up on God. And we see that his brothers couldn't kill him because he's in the pit. And that's God's hands protecting him right there. Sometimes what you're going through is God's way of protecting you. It doesn't make sense. We don't understand it. We don't get any preview, but it's God's protecting him. So we see that he was in the pit, but it was on his way to his death. So if you're going through the trial, so i got five things. i got to talk fast. Five things. So if you're on a, in a trial and you're on your way to God's blessing, you can know five things, okay? Hopefully pretty quickly. Number one, you can face the trial because God will protect you protect you. We can see when we're going through it, God's hands is around you. Ain't nobody can get to you. When, let me tell you something. Your child of God, there ain't no, there is no demon in hell. Satan himself can't touch you until he gets through God. And he can't get through God. So we can see that he goes with us. And he says, in Isaiah 41 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God promises, yeah, you're going through some things. But let me tell you something. As you go through them, I am with you. That word with there is, is just a little word in the Hebrew and it's et. But it means beside of. God is saying, I will be beside, be beside you when you're going through it. I'm right there. Have you ever had a friend, you go through something and your buddy's right there with you or your brother or your father or something? So you, have more, you have more confidence when someone's with you and God, mighty God says, I'm going with you when you're going through the struggle. So you don't have to be afraid or dismayed, troubled. I'm going to with you, be with you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to uphold you with my right hand. Genesis 39 Verses 1 and 2, we see that God did go with him. It says in verse 1 in chapter 39, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt unto Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard. So he went from the pit to Potiphar. It was, what was the special? I mean, he came into a foreign country. And he could have been sold to anybody. But who was he sold to? Potiphar, a rich man. What's so special about Potiphar? He is the captain of the guard for Pharaoh. Where is he going to end up pretty quickly? In Pharaoh's court. He ha God is lining up his path to get him exactly where he wants to bless him at. So in the trial, we can be encouraged. We don't know the path. We don't know what's going on, but we can see as we go through this that God's blessing him, but he's going to protect him. And it says, goes on, it says, And he brought him, bought him of the hand of the Ishmaelites, at which he had brought, which had brought him down thither. And verse 2, the beginning of that says, And the Lord was with Joseph. God didn't forsake him. He was right there with him. So as you're going through the struggle, we got the same promise. God will be it. He will be with you. He'll be right there with you through the struggle. So we see that Potiphar was the Pharaoh's guard and he was moving Joseph one step closer to his spiritual destiny that he put a call upon his life. He didn't understand it. He, didn't, he knew that God had put his hand back here. It seems like God is distant. He can't understand what he's going through. But God says, just hang on. 
Just hang on. It's going to come. You just keep trusting me. Don't give up. That's where the temptation is, is to give up. So we can face a trial because God will protect us. We can also face the trial that we're facing because God will prosper you. He will prosper you through the trial if you keep trusting him. Verse 3 says, And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Verse 5 says, And it came to pass from the time that he made him overseer in his house, and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. God's blessing was upon him. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house, not only in the house, in the field. He just was blessed many times over. You know what God was doing? He was training Joseph. He was raising him up. He was giving him favor. He was showing that there is something about this God. He was being a witness. As you're going through the trouble and trial, there is never a more opportune moment for others to see God than that moment. They're watching you closer than ever before. And so he was being a witness to Potiphar to show that there's something special. And quickly he put him over everything he had. And so God was showing that because he's going through the trial, doesn't mean that God's forsaking you because God right here is prospering everything he touched. Everything he did, he's prospering him. There was a story, and, and I don't know if it was true, but it was something I found that said in the ancient times there was a king who in the path on one of the main roads put a large boulder, and he rolled it out there, and he was just curious, would anybody take the time to roll it off the road? And he watched in secrecy off the side of the road as some of his wealthiest merchants and some of his closest allies, some of his friends came down that road and they came up to the boulder. They looked at it and most of them just walked around it. They just went around it and said, yeah, leave it for somebody else. He heard some people uh, complain about the boulder. Some of them even talked about the king and said, the king's not doing his job. He should have people looking at these roads and keeping them cleaned off. But there was one man. He was actually a merchant. He was a, he was a vegetable salesman. He was someone who sold his goods. And he was loaded down with all of his vegetables he was going to market to sell. But he came up to the boulder. He seen it. He could have walked by just like everybody else. But he didn't. He laid down his load in the middle of the road. He went over to the boulder and he pushed as hard as it was. It was more than he could about move. He kept pushing and straining and pushing and heaving. And finally, he got this thing to start rolling. And he got it off the road with all of his might. He finally got it off the road to clear the path for other people. As he turned back around, he hadn't noticed it because it was under it. But there was a purse, a, a, a container, a sack sitting there right where the stone had been. And it caught his attention. He went back and he opened the sack. And when he opened it, it was full of gold coins. And a note on the top. And the king just standing there on the side with a big smile on his face. He never seen him. But the note said, This gold is for the man who will take the time to push the boulder off the road. I just wanted to see if someone would do it. This man was, became wealthy because he took time to go through this obstacle. This obstacle, he didn't just try to get around it, but he worked and he struggled. And when he got past it, he was able to be blessed because of going through this struggle. In our lives, there's some things that we'll never know 
unless we go through a struggle. There are some things, you know what, you ladies that have, that have, have children, you will know what I'm talking about. The most blessed thing is that I, as a father, I can tell you just this, the cry of my baby's first breaths was the most beautiful thing, but nothing like to the mother. Because they have, been, they have endured and they've went through some trouble for about the nine or ten months. And they've been struggling. And that end was the worst part. But Scripture says that you don't even remember the struggle and what you went through because of the joy. Now, it's, it's painful, but you would do it again and again because you love the outcome. You love that child, and God blesses us. And so in our lives, in our Christian lives, we have some of the same things. We need to realize that we have to go through some struggles to actually see the blessing of God. So we see that God will protect you as you're going through it. We see that God will prosper you as you're going through it. He also will prove you. He's going to prove you as you go through it. And first thing he's going to do, he's going to prove your character. Genesis 37, 39, 7 through 9. And we thought it was bad enough. I mean, you know, Joseph has is, is already been in the pit. He's, you know, he's, now he's in Potiphar's house. He's doing a good job. He's been promoted. But we see the devil wasn't done messing with him yet. He wanted him just to give up. And it says in verse 7, it came to pass after these things, that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. And she said, lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. Because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? His character was being tested. Sometimes when you're going through the struggle, you've got to watch your character because it's those moments you think no one's looking. It's just like those moments like, well, God doesn't even care about me. And we find a struggle going on. Do we really believe what we said we believed before the struggle? Do we still believe that God is in control of our lives? Do we still believe that it matters the way we live? Or do we just fall under the pressure and fall into the trap that the enemy has set before us? His character was being tested. Not only will he test your character, he'll test your confidence. Genesis 39 says, and 19 and 20 says, and it, and it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him, and he put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. I, I've seen some, sometimes you'll watch some of the Hollywood's remake of what happened here. And some of them act like that, that he didn't believe that he actually was guilty. And I'm just, you know, I'm covering my wife. I don't, you know, they give him a pass. Like, you, I've watched your character. No, no, it says he was angry. It says he was angry and he cast him into prison. And so when you look at it from, the, if you're looking at the plot here, you think, my goodness, it's gone from bad to worse to even worse. It can't get any worse than this. He's now in prison. He went from the pit. He went to Potiphar. Now he's in prison. My goodness. Where's God in this situation? You think that his heart wasn't broken because he served God. He's been serving God. Years have passed by. He's still serving God. He's still got his confidence in the Lord. He's still trying to keep his character. He's still trying to keep his confidence. 
And he's got from bad to worse. He not only is put in prison, but they've tagged him with as a vile person. And the word gets, when you get put in prison, everybody wants to know what for. And this man is the captain of the guard, and they're going to trust what he says he did. So now he's got a false report attached to his name. Oh, how devastated he must be. Was he going to lose his confidence? Is he going to still trust God? Does God know where he is? You ever feel that way? God, do you know where I am? Do you know what I'm going through? Can, God, when is this battle ever going to... You know, when we see that when he gets to the end of this, he's been in this battle for over 12 years. He was only 17 when he started. He doesn't get out of this until he's 30. So we see that he's been through this almost half of his life. He's been in the struggle. God, do you know what's going on? But God the whole time is saying, if you just hang on, it's going to be worth it. You're going to understand something really quickly. I'm going to, going to help you. Sometimes as we're going through some trials and troubles, and sometimes it's just not, it's not even fair. People say things that you really didn't do. People treat you a way that they shouldn't. People you had confidence in turn their back on you. And in heart, we're, we're heartbroken. We don't understand it. We're angry. We've got to watch. Because it's in those moments that we're the most vulnerable. And the enemy's coming after us because he wants to destroy us. I heard a testimony this week. I went to a, a business luncheon, and there were some speakers in London. That was It was all Christian-based, and, and so they were speaking on the topic of fear. And, uh, they, was th and they were excellent. All three, there was three sp speakers. If you ever watch TED Talks, it's like London TED Talks. It was pretty good. And uh, the third one was if you've heard of and I know that uh, I know that uh, yeah I won't even go there but uh, the uh, the third speaker was the CEO over Grace Health I don't know if you've noticed them they're getting in this part of the country they're they're actually putting one in Laurel County there's one in Knox County I think they've got something in Clay County they've got like 48 clinics they're putting them up all over the state and they're and they do a lot of stuff and I've been interested I'd seen them and I was interested, and so I, I didn't know what they did, but this guy was their CEO, and he was a Christian. And he became their CEO, and, and he was proud of what they did. They deliver 1,000 babies a year. They do drug rehab. They do everything. They're just, they're just a big company. And there are doctors that are under them. He, that was a Christian organization, and so he never faced an obstacle until they had all their doctors to sign, and he signed the... Um, I guess their mission statement that said we will not perform abortions. And he said I never had a trouble until that happened. And then everything broke loose. Some of the doctors in this organization on the board of directors. In fact the chairman of the board was the board of director was a doctor. And there was a group of doctors that got the ear of some of the board and they had put it out for him. They, they started a rumor that wasn't even true. And they, can't, they actually had to hire an outside, and I'm, I'm giving his testimony really quickly, but he gave a testimony that he's hired an outside firm to actually come and do an investigation because it was serious stuff. And the end result was there came a board meeting when all this stuff was brought to light and they had their executive board and he worked for the company as a CEO. So this board of directors was making a decision on how the company moved forward or even if it did and whether he was going to continue being the CEO. And they asked him to leave, and he left, and there was a big fight. They had been in a board meeting from 6 o'clock till midnight when they finally let him go home. And they were going to decide the outcome, and it was heated when he left. 
He left not knowing his outcome. He thought, this is it. I can't believe this. I did what I thought was right. I thought everybody was on board. But there is a group that came up against us, and they're fighting us, and they're trying to take it away, and they're trying to push me out. He just said, I just had to trust God. He said, I went home. He said, it didn't take but about 30 minutes after I got home. He said, I got a phone call. The person that answered on the phone was one of the board members, and this board member said, I just want to let you know I am now the new chairman of the board just been newly elected because the old chairman just resigned and four of the doctors just resigned from this group. And we want you to know that we have given you 100% vote of confidence and you can move forward. We are behind you 100% and we don't believe a word of it. And so instead, so he went through a test and he says, since that time, the company has grown and they're able, they've done so many more. This, the company has fourfold what it was since before that because he kept his faith in the Lord. He had to go through a struggle. His name was being challenged, but we can move forward. Let me tell you something. God will never put you into a storm you can't endure if you just hold on. Amen. He never will put you through a storm with His help you can't endure and that He's not trying to work in your life. So we see that when we go through a storm, God will protect you. We see that God will prosper you. And it's really tough here. God will prove you. He's going to see, do you really believe what you say you believe? Do you really believe? You know, Job was the best example of that. He was tested and tested and tested. Do you really believe it, Job? He came through. You know what the most awesome thing is? In both of these circumstances, Job and Joseph, God knew the answer before the trial even began. He already knew. You can do it. You're going to do it. You can do it because I'm going to be with you. And when you come through, it's going to be all worth it. We see that he is going to protect you and prosper you and prove you. You know what else he's doing? He's preparing you. He's preparing you for what he wants to do. Genesis 39, 21 through 23 says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. This is in prison. And gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. And the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did the Lord made it to prosper. See, we see here that Joseph, God is putting him through the best master's degree program in business management and leadership that you could ever be put through. He started him in his home. He started him then in Potiphar's house. He's moved him to a large uh, corporation, the prison, with hundreds of people. And now he is getting him, he is giving him the leadership that he's going to need very quickly. He doesn't understand. He knows that God's blessing him. He's not being put under the constraints as the rest of the prisoners. He's being exalted. In fact, Potiphar and the prison warden didn't have a clue what was going on because when Joseph got on the scene, God blessed him so much, he had it running so good like a top. All they wanted to know is Joseph on the situation. We've got a problem. Go tell Joseph. We need to make a decision. Go ask Joseph. He knew that the hand of God was upon him. What was God doing? He was preparing him. He was preparing him. He was giving him the experience he was getting ready to need. God knows everything. When you're in that struggle and you're going through it, you don't understand what's happening in your life. You need to realize God is giving you that program of training that he's going to use in your life. He's going to use you in his kingdom. He's going to use you to be a blessing. He's going to use you that others can see him exalt you and lift you up. And he's prepared you during the struggle. That's the way we receive our training. Even when I came here, before I came, God was 
preparing me. I didn't understand it. I didn't know what he was doing. I kept questioning, Lord, why are you giving me these desires? Why are you having me train in this? Why are you having me study these things? Why are you, what have you put on my heart for six months, maybe nine months? God was doing something. It didn't make sense to me until the day when the world come to a stop and death falls off the roof. And I'm kind of, and, and, and resistantly, I was moved over here. And I was like, because I didn't feel like I could do it. And the Lord put me here. And then he started showing me, hey, I've been working on you for nine months over here. This is what, I, you ask all these questions. What are you doing, God? What am I doing? Right here is what I was doing. God knows everything. God knows everything. And so he will prepare you. What is he preparing you for? What's he preparing you for? Whatever you're going through, what is he preparing you for? We all like this fifth one. This is where we want to live. This is the part we like to get to. Sometimes we like to fast forward, hit the fast forward button. So watching some stuff last night, some videos, some trainings to fast forward. I want to get to this certain part I know about. I want to get, get past, I want to get to the good stuff. Well, that's what he does in the fifth. So God not only protects you, he not only will prosper you, he not only is proving you, and he's also preparing you. But thank God, when we get to the end, he's going to promote you. He's going to promote you. Genesis 40. Oh, I'm telling you what. I can't imagine the moment because he's been waiting. The butler and the baker, they've been gone for, well, the baker was killed. The butler was sent back to Pharaoh's house two years ago. He forgot him. His only opportunity. Tell Pharaoh about me. He forgot. Scripture says he forgot. But God's timing is perfect. For you see, Pharaoh's had a dream. Who gave Joseph the dream? God. Who gave Pharaoh the dream? God. And he has a dream and he's troubled. And this magician, you know, it amazes me because, is it, I can't remember, is it Nebuchadnezzar? Who, who's the one who has the dream and he doesn't tell him what the dream is? And they have to, it was Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar. That was even tougher. But, the, but he tells the dream. He knows what he dreamed. And all they had to do was make up something. His magicians could have just made up. Oh, it means this. And, and, but he, he would have known the truth. But they couldn't do it. And he's troubled. And the guy waiting on him and giving him what he's, he probably pushes the drink back and says, I don't want anything to drink. I'm, I'm tore up. Why do you tore up, Pharaoh? And he said, my dream. They can't answer my dream. And all of a sudden, perfect. God's timing is perfect. It wasn't an accident. God's time, God planned. When God gave that dream at 17, he knew he would be 30 years old when it was fulfilled. He knew. Whatever you're going through, God knows the second. He knows the second before you go into the trial that you're coming out. He knows exactly what he wants to do. Your trouble and my trouble is hanging on. Trust in him. Does he know what he's doing? That's our number one fear. Does he know what he's doing? Because I don't feel like he does, but he does. Because we see that as Pharaoh is troubled with his dream that God gave him, and the magicians, he no doubt confounded them. They weren't even smart enough to make up something. And then all of a sudden, this butler, this right-hand man says, and it says that, he, he didn't say he snapped his fingers, but it says, he said, I have seen, I have been bad, I have, man, I have messed up. 
Pharaoh, let me tell you something. When I was in prison, I can see it. I can see him just like this. Pharaoh, let me tell you something. When I was in prison, you got to hear this. When I was in prison, I was tore up, and I knew you was probably going to kill me. And I knew I hadn't done anything, but I knew you had the power to kill me. And the baker was in there too, and we were troubled. And this this Hebrew, he was the one that over the over the, the everybody, and he's the one that came to us and he talked to us and he said, "Why are you troubled?" And I told him I had a dream. A dream. Who gave the dream? God gave the dream. And so we see that he gave the dream, and he said when he did, he. He said he interpreted the dream and he said so help me he said three days you're going to lift me back up and I'm going to be handing you your cup again and what happened you did exactly that three days I was out of there and he said guess what the butler I mean the baker remember the baker you had him killed he told him exactly what was going to happen to him too and all of a sudden Pharaoh said go get him now Joseph's in the prison he's doing his job he's still waiting for God when are you going to come through he's being faithful while he's waiting though He's doing what God's given him to do. And it says, I love this verse. It says in verse 14, Genesis 41, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dust. They jerked him out. He didn't have time to even grab his clothes. They grabbed him and said, Pharaoh, I want you, and he wants you now. And they're dragging, what, what are you, what's going on? Tell me what he's sitting there thinking. What is happening? His world's being turned upside down. What do you mean? I've been waiting 12 years, and all of a sudden, before I even have a time to take a second breath, God's going to lift me up. You know what God says he does? God says, those that are, that are proud, what do I do? I push them down. I resist them. But those that are humble before me, I'm going to lift them up. Perfect time. I'm going to lift you up. And that little vision that you had over here when you seen the when you seen the sheaves bow to you and you seen the sun and the moon bow to you and it was such a wonderful little, little bitty foggy thought that was wonderful. I'm going to reveal something to you that, that was nothing there. I'm going to show you what was really going to happen and you ain't going to even believe what I'm getting ready to do to you. And it says in verse 38 that he, he gives the interpretation. Of, they shaved him and they put clean clothes on him and they bring him into the presence of the the mightiest man in the world at that time. And he asked him what's going on. And he gives him the interpret. What's beautiful, if I would have read it, he not only gives him, this is God, God does, this is the way God will do you. He gives you, not only has he been training him, he gives him the wisdom that he needs to accomplish what he needs to do. So he not only interprets the dream of Pharaoh, he gives him the answer. He says, this is what God, God's the one gave you this, and here's what God's doing. God's having favor on you. He's telling you what's going to happen, and he's telling you about the bad things coming after. And then so Pharaoh's probably thinking, oh, my goodness, the seven years is going to eat up the seven good years. And he's probably thinking the first, what are you thinking? What am I going to do, right? He's thinking what I'm going to do. And he just says, let me tell you what you need to do. You need to point somebody, and you need to put back 20%. Where did he come up with this? He's been in business school for the last several years. But that's not where he, God's divine knowledge was put in him right at the moment he needed it. God gave him the answer. And God gave him the, and we see the response, this wonderful response when he told him, Pharaoh knew that something special about this young man. God's promoting him. We see in verse 38 it says, And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this is? A man in whom the Spirit of God is? He's only talked to him for five minutes. He knows that God's within him. God's gave him favor. God's given him wisdom. God's revealed that he's with him and he's blessing him. Because God, hey, let me tell you something. Pharaoh had no choice. You know who was promoting him? Is God. He wasn't Pharaoh. Pharaoh was just a tool he was using. He's the one promoting him. And he says, for as much as God has shown these all these things, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according to thy word shall all my people be ruled. 
Only in the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and he put it on Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and he put a gold chain about his neck and he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had and they cried before him, Bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. He's went from the pit to Potiphar to the prison to the palace. He's been promoted. He's now went from this little young man. And God has said, you remember, and all of a sudden his mind's going back to the dreams that he had. 13 years ago. And he says, this is what I was telling you there. And because you trusted me and you kept your confidence, you kept your character, I'm now going to promote you. And you are the most powerful man under Pharaoh in the entire world. The whole world had to come to him for food. And see, you see, the mighty awesome thing was not only God was promoting him, he was saving his own people. You see, this is Abraham's great-grandson, and God had told Abraham, I'm going to bless all the world because of you and your family. I'm going to bless you and your children are going to be as the stars and as the sand. And I'm going to go with you. And when he knew famine was coming, he sent one of his descendants, one of his, his great-grandson ahead and promoted him so that he could save the very heritage that God had promised. He was the fulfillment of God's plan. Just think how sad it would be if he would have gave up. If he would have said, God, you I turned my back on you. How many stories could have been in the word of God? Because someone gave up in the pit, in the prison. It's so easy to do. I can't look at anybody else because I've been in some situations before. It's tough. You've got to hang in there. You've got to hang in there. J.H. Crowell, as I close today, started working many years ago on a sailing vessel and he was only 16. He was a Christian. In fact, he was the only Christian on the entire ship. And once the other men who were wicked found that out, that he was a Christian, they ridiculed him. They treated him horrible. They would throw water on him. That was the little stuff. Finally, they got so sick because he wouldn't give in that they took him, tied him up, and they beat him 39, with 39 stripes. Nearly killed him. He still wouldn't recant. They said, son, we're, we're getting ready. We are, they were tying his feet up. We're throwing you overboard till you drown. We're sick of this. And his only thing was, he said, he cried out for God to forgive them. God, forgive them. They don't, just like the Lord, don't, they don't know what they're doing. Lord, forgive these people that are doing this to me. And he begged him, says, the only thing I ask you is this. Once you're done, please send my body back to my mom and tell my mama that I died serving Christ. That's all he said. That didn't stop him. They threw him overboard. They kept him down several minutes until they seen he wasn't moving anymore. And they was convinced he was drowned. They pulled him back up and they laid him on the deck looking at him. He's done. He's finished. A couple minutes later, to their shock, <coughs> he coughs up water. 
and he starts breathing again. There was something about what they had done to him just set into their hearts. All of a sudden, a couple of those hardened men fell to their knees. And they asked, please pray for us. Please, I want to get saved. I want what you've got. In fact, on the rest of that voyage, the captain got saved. Almost the entire crew gave their heart and life to the Lord because of a little 16-year-old boy who says, even through the storm, even through the trial, I'm going to hang on because I don't know what God is going to do, but he's going to do something. He's going to lift me up. He's going to be there. He's going to rescue. He's going to fulfill his will. And he was that vessel that God used. So many other examples. But we can know today. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your struggle is. I, I, I know mine. You know yours. But there is times that we need to realize that even in the midst of the struggle, God is working. He, he's going to take us through. If we just keep our confidence in him, we can know that through the struggle, he's going to protect us. Through the struggle, he's going to prosper you. Through the struggle, he, he's going to uh, uh, prepare you. He's going to prove you. But there's coming a day. Even if it doesn't happen right here, even if you don't see that great victory that Joseph's seen, there's going to come a day when we stand before him and we're going to get promoted. We're going to stand before a Savior, a Lord, who's going to say to those that keep the faith, come on in, thou good and faithful servant. He's going to give us a robe of righteousness, a crown upon our heads. Because why? We kept the faith even during the struggle. When you're facing a trouble, on the road to God's blessing, hang on. Just hang on. Let's stand this morning. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you, Lord, because, Lord, you know every detail of our lives. And, Lord, we know that you have planned, Lord, an awesome uh, Lord, a plan. You have, Lord, there's so many in this house today. God, there is such opportunities. There is such callings that you've put on lives that, Lord, we sometimes forget what you said to us in the prayer closet. Sometimes we forget that hand that you put upon us when we were younger or that little time when you, you shook us and you said, I want to do something in your life. We can so easily forget it because we go through struggles and we forget what you're trying to do. But God, I pray that you would encourage us, Lord, today, God, that we would put our confidence completely in you. And God, that if we're facing a storm, that we keep our eyes on you and realize, God, you've got it under control. And Lord, you're going to promote us if we'll just hang on. Lord, you're always faithful. You promised you'd go with us. You'd never forsake us. You'd never let us down. You said you would uphold us with your right hand. And God, if there's someone in this building today, they're going through the struggle and they don't understand and they're just barely hanging on. Lord, you would encourage them. You would, Lord, put a, 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 a rhema within their soul, within their spirit, that you would say, I got it. I've got it. I've got this under control. Just trust in me. Don't give up. Victory is coming. Just hang on. Lord, you see what you're trying to do. And God, that you would move. And God, that we would be strengthened because of it. In Jesus' name. This morning, this altar.
is for anyone who says, I want to be faithful in the storm. I want to trust God. And I know that there are some things I don't understand. And maybe some things that I'm going through or someone in my family. And it doesn't make sense. But I want to stand in the front of this building this morning. And I'm going to raise my hands. And it's a testimony of saying, God, you've got it under control. And I'm putting my confidence in you, Lord. Help me. Strengthen me. God, be there for me. And this morning, this altar is open for those that's willing to come and say, right here I am. If you don't know him, to call out on him. If you're going through the trial, that you would say, Lord, I trust in you. You're the strength that I'm looking for. And Lord, I put my confidence in you. This altar is open. Come, let's find a place to pray. Let's find a place to praise and to thank him. That Lord, no matter where you're at, whether you're in the pit, when you're in Potiphar, you're in the prison Oh, but he's going to put you in the palace and then he's going to promote you. Hallelujah. Paradise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Almighty God. Hallelujah.